वेलकम टू एपिसोड 36 ऑफ द थ्री एम फेयर पॉडकास्ट इन द 1920s देयर वाज अ फार्म कॉल्ड द हिंटरकाइफेक फार्म इन जर्मनी अप्रोक्सीमेटली 40 माइल्स नॉर्थ ऑफ म्यूनिख दिस फार्म सैट इन एन आइसोलेटेड एरिया विद द क्लोजेस्ट नेबर अबाउट अ क्वार्टर ऑफ अ माइल अवे द फार्म वाज नेस्टल्ड अगेंस्ट अ वुडेड एरिया Living on this farm were Andreas Gruber, a 63-year-old man, his 72-year-old wife, Cecilia Gruber, and their 35-year-old daughter, Victoria Gabriel. Victoria had two young children, a 2-year-old boy named Joseph and a 9-year-old girl named Cecilia, who was named after her grandmother. They were leading a peaceful life on this farm until the winter of 1921, when strange things began to happen. It all started when their live-in maid, who spent a lot of time in the main house, noticed something unusual. She began hearing these tapping sounds coming from within the walls of the house. It wasn't like someone was tapping in another room. It sounded like these noises were coming from inside the walls. Confused, she would go on to investigate, but the tapping continued, and she couldn't figure out where was it coming from. or who was it behind these tappings as if it wasn't strange enough she also started hearing eerie voices and footsteps coming from the attic worried and scared the maid informed andreas about these noises and andreas was skeptical but still he decided to check up on the attic he couldn't find anything whenever the maid heard these noises she would tell andreas andreas would go up to check but he found nothing It was an open space and there were no hiding spots so if anyone was there up Andreas would have easily seen this person Over the following weeks the live-in maid kept hearing these strange sounds at night she would lay in her bed frightened by the footsteps and voices that came from the attic and the tapping sounds that came from the walls Each time she reported it to Andreas he couldn't find any evidence of intruders Frustrated with the constant complaints, Andreas started to doubt whether the maid was telling the truth. He didn't believe in ghosts or spirits or anything that was haunting his farm. However, the maid was convinced that something unknown was going on. She had worked with the Gruber family for a long time and she couldn't shake this feeling that she was being watched. Eventually, the maid couldn't bear it anymore and she decided to quit her job. She explained to the Gruber family that she felt unsafe inside the house. The strange sounds, the feeling of being watched at night, this was all too much for her to take in. And so she finally decided to leave the farm, leaving the Gruber family to wonder what exactly was happening at the Hinterkaifeck farm. Now after their live-in maid had left, life on the Gruber family farm became quite challenging. The maid was doing everything. She was handling all the household work, she was handling all the farm work. They couldn't find a replacement for her, and this led to an increased workload for everyone who was on the farm. The departure of their trusted maid was a big deal, and it left the family on the edge. Initially, there were no strange sounds in the house because everyone was so busy, they didn't take into consideration what their maid had said before she left. However, over time, Andreas started hearing these tapping sounds that were coming from the attic. And then he heard mysterious voices.
Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. Now let's rewind a bit in time. What I'm going to tell you now has been taken from several sources. So how much of this history is true is unknown because it's all about hearsay and what's written in the books. So I'm going to link the books in the description so you can check them out. Here we go. Hinterkaifeck Farm has said to have had an interesting history. It all began when Cecilia Gruber inherited the farm in 1885 after her first husband Joseph Assam passed away. At that time Cecilia was around 35 years old. Cecilia and Joseph had tied the knot in 1877 and when they got married Joseph's father handed over Hintekaifek farm to them. They went on to have four children together. But unfortunately only two of them survived infancy they had a son named martin and a daughter named cecilia tragically joseph assam passed away shortly after this following his death cecilia began a relationship with a 27 year old man who worked on the farm and this man's name was andreas gruber less than a year after cecilia's husband died She and Andreas got married in 1886. As a result of their marriage, 50% of Hinterkaifeck farm became the property of Andreas Gruber. It appears that one of the main reasons Andreas married Cecilia was to gain ownership of this farm. Cecilia and Andreas would go on to have three children together, but sadly only one of them survived. Their first-born child, a daughter named Victoria, was the only one who survived infancy. There have been rumors that the other two children didn't survive not because of any natural causes, but because they have been denied food and they were starved to death. But there is no proof for all of this. As I said, all of this has been taken from several sources. There is no there's no proper proof to prove any of these. These are all rumors. that have been spread over time but why these rumors are spread has all to do with the character of andreas gruber and here you will know this character is 100% correct now let's get into the story further andreas gruber was not a pleasant man to be around he was rude he would often throw temper tantrums at people around him and he was also said to be physically abusive towards his wife and daughter Cecilia's two children from her first marriage that is Martin and Cecilia ended up moving out of the house so that left only one of their children behind Victoria Victoria grew up to be a very social child she loved going out she loved going to the church and she was said to have a really beautiful voice she was a part of the church choir and everything seemed really nice and rosy on the outside but how nice it was on the outside it was equally dark on the inside this was because her father andreas gruber was abusing her behind closed doors 
The abuse began when Victoria was around the age of 16. She confided in her neighbor, a man named Lorenz. Lorenz did notify the cops, but I'm not sure what happened about it. So now you can understand what kind of a person Andreas Gruber was. In 1914, Victoria, who was now 27 years old, got married to a man named Carl Gabriel, a 26-year-old man. This marriage wasn't about love. It was more about gaining something. The Gruber family were quite well off and Carl's family wanted this marriage to happen so that Hinterkaifeck farm could go to Carl. That was the main reason for this marriage. When Victoria and Carl got married, they became the owners of Hinterkaifeck farm. But things got worse from there. Andreas did not like that there was another man in his daughter's life. I know it sounds disgusting, but he didn't like it. He was very mean to Carl. He used to bully him and even denied him food on several occasions. He created so many problems and fights in their lives that Carl couldn't take it anymore and he decided to leave Victoria and the farm. However, Carl's parents were not happy with this. They wanted him to stick a little bit longer to get that farm. and they ended up pushing him back to victoria about 4 months after their wedding carl who was now one of the owners of hinterkaifeck farm made a surprising decision he joined the army mainly to get away from andreas gruber this happened around the start of world war 1 so you can imagine if carl was ready to join the army and fight in world war 1 how horrible andreas must have been to him to want to run away just before carl left for the war victoria discovered that she was pregnant but even this news didn't change his mind and he headed off to the war he knew that she was pregnant but he couldn't bear to stay back any more in december of 1914 not long after carl had left a message arrived at hinterkaifeck farm bearing grim news It stated that Carl was now missing in action and was presumed dead. Surprisingly, Victoria didn't seem to be very upset with this news. In fact, her mother Cecilia was quoted as saying that Victoria had finally achieved the divorce that she always wanted. It seemed that Victoria didn't care about Carl much either. In January of 1915, Victoria gave birth to a daughter whom she named Cecilia after her mother. Later on in the same year in 1915 a live-in maid walked into Andreas abusing his daughter. She filed a complaint with the police and both Andreas and Victoria were arrested. It's sad to think because Victoria was being forced by Andreas but they both were equally punished. Andreas was sentenced to 1 year in prison while Victoria was sentenced to 1 month. After that Andreas was never looked at the same by anyone around him. He was not given any form of respect, he was not acknowledged, and he was a very quiet person who lived by himself, so it didn't affect him that much. Victoria on the other hand wasted no time in trying to find another husband. Her aim was clear. She wanted to get out of that farm, away from her father. She set her sights on her neighbor Lorenz. was about 13 years older than her and Lorenz at that point was already married to his wife. 
Lorenz initially claimed that he rejected Victoria when she came to him. But soon after his wife passed away in 1918, he became romantically involved in Victoria. Now people are quite confused about this and there are a lot of speculations going on because Lorenz immediately jumped onto Victoria as soon as his wife died which made many to believe that the affair was already going on when his wife was alive it's just that he made it public after she died soon after their romantic involvement began Lorenz proposed to Victoria offering her an escape from her father's control Victoria was excited she could finally marry a good man and get away from her father. Lorenz made all the arrangements. He approached Andreas and asked for his daughter's hand in marriage. But while asking, he had one condition. He wanted Andreas to be as far away from Victoria as possible. To this, Andreas gave an answer somewhat like, we'll see about it. And Lorenz was not happy. Before Andreas received a response from Lorenz, a final yes that I'm going to marry your daughter, Victoria dropped a bombshell. She was pregnant and this child belonged to Lorenz. But Lorenz was not happy. He suspected that this child did not belong to him but was of Andreas. And he believed there was still something going on between the two even when the two denied. Lorenz outright denied paternity for this child and openly accused Andreas for being the father. This accusation triggered a huge fight between the two. Andreas demanded Lorenz to pay child support, but Lorenz denied. And with this, Victoria's dream of marrying Lorenz also went down the drain. In July of 1919, Victoria gave birth to a baby boy named Joseph. Andreas continued to demand child support payments from Lorenz, insisting that he knew that Lorenz was the father. But Lorenz always refused. By September of 1919, Lorenz had reached his breaking point. He approached the local police and informed them about the child's parents, stating that Andreas Gruber was the actual father of the child. And once again, Andreas Gruber was arrested. This time, luckily, Victoria was not arrested. But while Andreas was in police custody, it seems like Victoria's family approached Lorenz, begging him to take back his complaint. And in this, Lorenz promised that he would if he was being paid. Apparently, a discussion happened and Lorenz was paid an amount, after which he took back his complaint and Andreas was freed. It is said that the money that Lorenz got, he ended up paying it back to the Grubers because he didn't want to keep anything from them. With that, Lorenz and Andreas stopped fighting with each other and everything came to a halt. Victoria was back with no husband in the future. In 1922, strange things started happening at Hinterkaifeck Farm. First, Victoria, who usually stayed at home, suddenly ran into the woods one day. It was odd because it was cold and snowy outside. Victoria also told her friends that she saw a man in an army uniform near the farm, which scared her. When she tried to approach this man, he vanished into the woods. Then, Andreas, who lived on the farm, noticed some weird stuff too. His house keys disappeared 
and he found a newspaper he didn't recognize. He asked everyone, even the postman, whether this newspaper was left here by accident or if someone had subscribed to this newspaper. But no one had any idea how this newspaper came there. It was early March in 1922. After a heavy snowstorm, when Andreas woke up, he went to the back door of the house. To his surprise, he found fresh footprints leading from the distant forest right up to his back door. What scared him the most was that there were footsteps leading to the house, but there were no footsteps going away from the house, which meant whoever went into the house had never left. Panicked, Andreas locked the door and woke up his family, asking if they had seen anyone or if anyone had just come into the house. But no one in his family, including his wife, daughter, and grandchildren, had ever left the house. Now, deeply worried and thinking about all the strange events that had happened in the past few weeks, Andreas reopened the door to examine the footprints again. He couldn't understand how someone could have come in through the back door without leaving any footprints going away from the house. And if this person was inside the house, how come none of the family members had seen him? Determined to ensure their safety, Andreas thoroughly checked all the exits and the entire house for any signs of an intruder. He even got into the attic, yelling and screaming everywhere, asking if this person was still in the house to get out. The family, now shaken and fearful, couldn't explain these strange footprints that seemed to appear out of nowhere. They were left with this unsettling sense that something scary was about to happen. After Andreas couldn't find signs of this intruder, he decided to share this with his neighbor Lorenz, the same Lorenz whom Andreas hated at one point of time. But now they both have become just these distant neighbors who spoke once in a while. He spoke about the strange sounds that his maid had heard at one point and he heard soon after the maid left. He also spoke about the newspaper that came out of nowhere and these footprints that now have suddenly appeared but he had no idea whom they belonged to. Lorenz was concerned. He offered Andreas a gun for his safety. But Andreas said no, he didn't want to keep an armed weapon in his house. On March 31, 1922, Andreas and Victoria went to town for some shopping after their strange experiences at the farm. They shared their concerns about the noises in the attic with some of the shopkeepers. Later that day, a new maid, Maria, arrived at the farm accompanied by her sister, Francisca. They helped Maria settle in before Francisca left for her home, promising to return soon. However, this would be the last time anyone would see the Gruber Gabriel family or Maria alive. By April 1st, Cecilia's absence from school raised suspicions. Two coffee vendors who had come to deliver coffee to Victoria found that the farmhouse was deserted when they knocked and shouted, but no one answered. They peeked through the window, but there was no movement inside. The family's absence became even more noticeable when no one attended the mass. That was concerning. The coffee delivery boys on their way to the farm encountered three unfamiliar individuals. 
two of them were elderly women dressed like gypsies and the third was a man who seemed quite out of place this was unusual afterwards the brothers went to see lorenz and informed him that the farm was empty and that they had seen these three people now lorenz wasn't home but his wife anna was she received the message and told them that she would inform lorenz but unfortunately anna forgot lorenz only came to know about this much later on now a local man was walking back home from work and he had to pass through hinterkaifeck farm he noticed something peculiar there was smoke coming from the house's chimney what made it even more eerie was that there was this silence something that was not quite normal as he drew closer to the farm he spotted a figure holding a flashlight or lantern depending on the story that you go with when the flashlight was directed at him the man became extremely frightened and ran away on monday april 3rd a local postman joseph arrived at hinterkaifeck farm with the daily newspaper in hand as he approached the farm he immediately noticed something out of the ordinary the kitchen door was slightly opened this was highly unusual and it made him scared nonetheless he suspected that maybe one of the family members had stepped out and accidentally left the door open with this thought in mind joseph delivered the newspaper and continued on his way the next day tuesday that's april 4th would be the fateful day when a series of events would unravel the disturbing truth it marked the beginning of a harrowing discovery that would shock the entire community now on april 4th a repairman arrived at the farm to fix a diesel machine he knocked on the locked front door and saw that the lights were on inside he even heard the dog barking but no one answered since the diesel machine was outside and he knew exactly where the tools were and what he had to do he didn't bother knocking more or going into the house he rather decided to finish his job first the repairman albert after he finished working on the diesel engine he returned to the farmhouse but things didn't seem right the dog that had been inside the house was now tied up outside the house he had not heard any footsteps or anyone moving or any voices coming from inside or outside the house but somehow the dog changed positions which meant that someone indeed opened the doors got the dog out and then locked it again albert also noticed that the dog had a cut near its eye all these strange things made albert feel worried and confused and he decided to investigate further as he got closer to the barn he realized that the barn door which he was pretty sure was closed before was now wide open this made him even more uneasy something didn't seem right and he didn't want to go and investigate further he was scared feeling concerned and unsure about what to do next albert decided to go and meet lorenz to inform him that something was happening in his neighbor's house Lorenz decided to take action. He sent his 16-year-old son and 9-year-old stepson to go and check up on the farm. Not long after they checked, they returned to Lorenz and told them what they had experienced. Lorenz was worried. 
Lawrence gathered two more neighbors, Michael and Joseph, to accompany him to the farmhouse. The two sons also went along with them. When they arrived at the farm, they noticed some strange things right away. One of the family's cows were out of its pen and was wandering around the yard. They also checked the barn where Albert had mentioned the door being open when it shouldn't have been. Lorenz led the way with a flashlight as they entered the dark barn. The two sons were told to stay outside. Inside the barn, they initially saw nothing unusual. But as they looked closely, they discovered that the four of the Gruber family's bodies were lying hidden beneath a pile of hay. After witnessing this horrifying scene in the barn, Michael and Joseph with panic and rushed out of there. However, Lorenz seemed surprisingly composed. He decided to investigate further. His flashlight revealed the lifeless body of Andreas Gruber, his head bearing a severe injury. Nearby, he found little Cecilia, also with similar wounds to Andreas. For some reason, that is quite unknown to me or anyone there, Lawrence decided to move Cecilia's body and carefully propped her against the barn wall. Another neighbor entered the barn and questioned Lawrence to why he was tampering with evidence, why, why was he moving the bodies. Lawrence heeded to this advice and did not touch anyone or anything else. Before leaving the barn, they confirmed that the other two bodies belonged to the elder Cecilia and Victoria Gabriel. Both women appeared to have suffered the same fate. They were struck in the head with something. The men then headed towards the main house where Lawrence took the lead. As they approached, they noticed that the kitchen door was wide open. Lawrence boldly entered the house, walking through it and then opening the back door to allow others inside. But something strange happened here. The back door, which was previously locked, now seemed to be open with no explanation. Now something had happened earlier. Andreas, when he was alive, was looking for his house keys which he could not find and he thought that he had misplaced them. But now Lorenz said that he found these missing keys, they were right there, and that he used those missing keys to open the house door. That was quite surprising and unusual because if Andreas had said that his keys were missing, how did Lorenz find them? Lorenz said that they were there right in the door. The group didn't go to ask any further questions and they proceeded to go upstairs to Victoria's room, which she shared with her two children. There they discovered baby Joseph, who had suffered a similar fate to the others. His tiny body lay partly covered with his mother's dress. Descending the stairs, they entered a room adjacent to the kitchen where they found the lifeless body of a woman they had never seen before. This woman was their new maid, Maria. Shockingly, she had been in the house for less than a day and unfortunately, this was the wrong decision that she took which led to her death. Her luggage was still untouched on the bed, suggesting that she was murdered soon after she entered the house. Sadly, the entire family and Maria had appeared to have been fatally bludgeoned with a farm tool, possibly a mattock. A mattock is commonly used for chopping and digging and the murder weapon was not recovered on the scene at that point.
Realizing the seriousness of the situation, they immediately contacted the authorities. They alerted the mayor who called for police assistance. Officers from various towns and even dog handlers and a photographer were summoned to the scene. Unfortunately, it took hours for everyone to gather and they didn't arrive until 5.30 the next morning. When they finally got there, they found a crowd of curious onlookers who had already come into the crime scene. Some even entered the farmhouse and one person was in the kitchen helping himself to some food. The police began the investigation examining the bodies, but the crime scene had already been contaminated. The bodies of the victims were found in the barn, with Lorenz having moved two of them. The police had to rely on the testimony of the first people to find them, that is Lorenz, his two sons and the two men who came to help him. His two sons were out, so it was just Lorenz and the two men who were with him. That was all that was there to go with, because the police now didn't even have an idea of how the original crime scene looked like. All thanks to Lorenz. Lorenz said he didn't let anyone else come into the property after he had found the bodies. And even though people said otherwise, Lorenz denied. He claimed that the family had 100,000 marks in cash hidden there, but the investigators only found a 5-mark bill in the prayer book. They thought that the main reason for this murders could have been robbery, but they found a lot of valuable things in the house like jewellery and watches or even 2,200 marks worth of gold and silver coins. So robbery was ruled out as the main motive. Cecilia hadn't gone to school on Saturday, April 1st, so they assumed that the murders could have taken place between 8pm and 11pm on Friday, March 31st. Experiments showed that the screams from inside the barn couldn't be heard in the house. Also, the door from the house to the barn was narrow, so only one person could enter at a time. So how did this entire family get murdered in the barn and no one else knew about it? The entire family couldn't walk together into the barn. Andreas Gruber, when he was alive, had told his neighbours that a cow had somehow gotten into the yard, which made investigators think that that was maybe the way that the murderer tricked these people to get into the barn. Maybe the cow was outside and one by one, the murderer somehow got these family members to enter the barn and they were killed. Since Lorenz had moved two of the bodies, they couldn't be sure of the exact order of killings. But the police thought that Victoria and Cecilia were probably the first ones being killed because they were fully dressed. Andreas Gruber was changing into his night clothes and Cecilia was already ready for bed, so they were the next ones to be killed. Then the killer went into the living area and attacked Maria from behind before killing Joseph. Now, something missing from the house was that the family's supply of bread, some pieces of smoked meat and some other food items. Plus, witnesses had also said that the Hinterkaifex livestock were usually quiet during the murders. The autopsies revealed that each of the victims had been bludgeoned to death with a mattock. Little Cecilia's wounds were especially heart-wrenching because it showed that she didn't immediately die from the wound there was also proof to show that she had been pulling her hair. So maybe she was scared, she was in pain, she was crying out to her mother and she was pulling her hair in the same process. And she was the last person to die. 
after the initial investigation the bodies were left in the barn and it became kind of a grim attraction i don't know why the bodies were not removed from the barn because the medical examiner returned later to collect them this is going to be heartbreaking to hear before the victims were buried their heads were removed and were sent to munich for examination by a local psychic hoping to gain some insight into this case the psychic conducted a séance but the information provided was inconclusive the heads were eventually lost during world war 2 and the victims sadly had to be buried without their heads thousands of people attended this funeral including many of little cecilia schoolmates since there was no obvious reason for the crime at the scene the police started making a list of people who hated this family even though they arrested some people they couldn't find out who this person was who had committed the murder the case was closed in 1955 and the last questioning of suspects happened in 1986 just before detective chief superintendent conrad muller retired Several theories emerged over the years. Some people believed that it was a drifter who had come into the house, killed the family members, lived in the house for some time and then left because it was quite evident that whoever committed the murders had lived in the house for days after the murders were committed. Other than the drifter, there were two main suspects and I'm going to talk about them here. The first one was Carl Gabriel Carl the one who was married to Victoria the same first husband who left her to go and fight in the war and who was later declared dead some people believe that Carl was not actually dead and that he was alive it was just that he was declared dead during Carl's absence Victoria had a son named Joseph it was rumored that Joseph may have been the son of Andreas this is still forbidden After World War II, some prisoners from the same region as the Hinterkaifeck claimed that they were sent home by a Soviet officer who spoke German. It is possible and it was also a theory that Karl may have been one of those people and he was let free and when he came back he realized that his wife had another son, he got angry and he killed the entire family. But it's just a speculation, there is no proof to say that Karl is still alive. or at that point was still alive the next main suspect was lorenz now lorenz's first wife died in 1918 as i said before people believed that victoria and lorenz were having a secret affair before lorenz's wife died lorenz started dating victoria in public there are some more things that have happened that point towards lorenz first thing is that he moved two of the bodies even though he shouldn't have touched First thing is that there is no way to know how a person could react in shock. Now the two people who were with Lorenz, they reacted in a very scared manner. They raced out of that place because they had just seen dead bodies. But Lorenz was surprisingly calm. Lorenz even tampered with the crime scene. First of all, I can't imagine being there standing there and looking at dead bodies and not being scared and not wanting to run away. but touching them too that kind of raised a lot of questions with a lot of people that how was lorenz this calm once again we can't know how a person could react in any situation so it's just a possibility another thing is that 
how did lawrence get into the house andreas had said that he lost his keys but lawrence said that he found these keys and that's how he opened the door how did lawrence have the keys one that andreas said he was lost now there is a possibility and a lot of people believe that this could be the possibility that when victoria and lawrence were dating victoria had given him a set of keys and that's how lawrence had these keys with him but this also raised another question with the people that is if lawrence had a set of keys with him could he have been the killer he could he had access to the house could he have been the killer for years to come after the murders many people suspected that lawrence could have been the killer because he kept talking about the murders he kept talking about the murders in such a passionate way that it was kind of weird also he knew a lot of details a lot of facts about the murders once that the police had not made public so how did lawrence know all those details some people thought that lawrence killed the family because victoria was asking for child support for a son joseph and that lawrence didn't want to give them before he died in 1941 lawrence sued and won several cases against people who called him the hinterkaifeck murderer now this is something that i found on wikipedia which is quite interesting in 2017 the last chapter of the man from the train by bill james and his daughter rachel mccarthy james briefly discusses about the murders at hinterkaifeck farm now the author explains that there is a possibility that these german crimes were committed by a man named paul muller the authors believe that the serial killer may have killed several families in the united states under similar circumstances between 1898 and 1912 the murders connected to muller could have been the villisca axe murders in the case of the villisca axe murders the murderer just walked into the house and killed each and every family member with an axe and then covered their bodies with whatever this person could find and then left it's quite similar to what happened at hinterkaifeck farm the person had covered the bodies with hay now if you're interested i have made a detailed episode on the villisca axe murders i will link the villisca axe murders episode along with two other axe murders episodes down in the description you can go back and listen and you can let me know what do you think about the axe murders are the hinterkaifeck murders and the villisca axe murders too similar could they have been committed by the exact same person is that a possibility do let me know in 2007 more than 80 years after the hinterkaifeck murders modern techniques were used to investigate this unsolved case several suspects were taken into account all but one suspect was ruled out and this suspect was believed to be the hinterkaifeck murderer but unfortunately so long had passed the suspect was also dead because of which the case was not taken any forward and the suspect name was also not released so till this day we don't know who the suspect was the hinterkaifeck murders remains one of the most popular unsolved cases in germany's history Cecilia's death was not instant. It was a slow and painful death, which meant that if she had gotten medical attention, she could have lived. Victoria on the other hand was strangled. 
strangulation is said to be the most intimate way of committing a murder which is why many believe that the person who killed these people may have known this family or at least may have known victoria because to kill her by strangling would mean that this person had to have been so close to victoria that victoria could have seen her killer after the murders there was a huge battle about who would get this property the whole matter was settled out of court with the gabriels purchasing the property for 3 million marks in late february of 1923 they wanted the entire property to be demolished so that there would be no remainder of any memory of what happened in that farm but before this property was demolished an artist was brought in to paint a watercolored picture of the hinterkaifeck farm this was to leave a memory of this place just not the place itself Soon after that carpenters were brought in to dismantle the roof and while they were doing that they noticed that there were several loose floorboards in the attic next to the staircase which revealed a small nest of hay and there was also a blood stained mattock they had found the murder weapon the mattock was commonly used for cleaning small trees and shrubs and on this mattock there was some dried blood This mattock previously belonged to Andreas Gruber as neighbors recognized the distinctive screw protruding from the handle that he had fitted during the repairs and this screw perfectly matched the star-shaped injuries on Victoria's skull. The mattock was finally declared as the murder weapon. A lot of things happened after the Hinterkaifeck murders. and these are so many factors that it's quite difficult to mention each and every person there were people who said that they committed the murders even though there was not 100% proof that they did it because then they would be under arrest and the thing is that there are so many people so many suspects and so many ways to go with that if we go through each and every one it's going to take us forever that's why i mentioned only the two primary suspects that was carl and lorenz and also possibly a drifter to this day the case remains unsolved with numerous theories and mysteries surrounding the tragic events at the hinterkaifeck farm a big thank you to all my fellow listeners who have been listening to all my episodes thank you so much your listens your support means a lot if you love my podcast if you love the stories that i put out then please do follow me on whichever podcasting platform you are listening from and please do leave a rating it will really help me a lot you can listen to me on other platforms including spotify apple podcasts and any other podcasting platform if you are in india you can always listen to my podcast on gana or jio savan if you love to listen to strange and mysterious stories then follow me on instagram and youtube where i put out reels on such stories These are completely different from the ones that I put out on my podcast so do follow me on them. If you love travel you can follow me on my travel channels I'll link them also in the description. Until then stay kind and stay safe out there.